Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski of paulkuharski.com. I've just hit the mandatory quota of mentioning my name three times. Hopefully you've got it down. I certainly do. We're here to talk Tennessee Titans, which is what my website is all about. Um, gotten a lot of compliments about the podcast since we restarted. A lot of you seem to like the no-nonsense, no-gimmicks approach. I appreciate that feedback, which you can get to me through Twitter at Paul Kuharski NFL. Um, on the public Facebook page, which is uh, Tennessee Titans Kuharski. Um, or by Gmail, uh, pkuharski at gmail.com. I appreciate uh, the feedback. Encourage you to check out the site and become a member, paulkuharski.com. Um, recording Thursday night, August 25th, in advance of the Titans' uh, third and final preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals, um, which will have some significant developments. Uh, I don't know how many starters we'll see, and I don't know if it matters. Um We've been tracking the wide receivers, obviously, and uh, I, I saw some some trends going on with these guys that I think is important to share, uh, are important to share. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akine uh, continues to be consistent, and uh, he finished the week consistent. I've got a dog trying to get my office here, annoying the hell out of me. I apologize for that. Um Westbrook Akine, uh, consistent. Um, I know we generally don't like him as a top option for this team, but I do think um, if you look at all of these guys, he's been the, the most consistent guy throughout training camp for this team. And uh, I don't have a lot of questions about the fact that he's going to get um, snaps starting against the Giants on September 11th and, and into the season. Um, Kyle Phillips, uh, the rookie slot guy who, who's had a really, really good uh, camp and become a, a clear favorite of Ryan Tannehill. Even Kevin Byard called him uh, Tannehill's favorite two-minute target. Um, he's still been solid, but he's leveled off a little bit this uh, this last week. Proved human. Um, and we'll circle back to talk to him, uh, uh, about him on special teams a little bit I Had one or two miscommunications where maybe he didn't do the right thing. Um, maybe a drop, um, not as sterling as he's been, um, Traylon Burks fell out of practice on Wednesday. Um, maybe midway through, was not around for any of the team stuff, was not around for any of the two-minute stuff against the Cardinals, which was, you know, significant opportunity lost. He's really leveled off, um, uh, been in and out since um, last week when he suffered what we think is a, is a little bit of a calf injury though he played the the following saturday night in the second preseason game um against the bucks with it he got his one preseason catch a big four yard reception there um vrabel said you know they're not gonna manufacture catches touches in the second preseason game 
Um, if he's playing on Saturday night, I think it'd be wise for them to manufacture some touches for him. Um, but I don't think you should be feeling real great about him right now. Robert Woods had not done a lot of uh, work in team periods. On Thursday, he was in team for um, at least the early part, and he was not separating. Um, Tannehill targeted him a couple times um, and um, in team stuff, and then they were doing specific situations, you know, 16 seconds on the clock, and we're trying to uh, – Titans are trying to, you know, advance the ball and get out of bounds to set up a field goal, uh, you know, a few seconds on the clock. And they're trying to uh, uh, make a throw, maybe lateral the ball if necessary, get out of bounds, stuff like that. Um, and he Woods was not doing a very good job separating. Um, he had um, defensive backs closing on him from behind. Um, arriving at the same time the ball arrived and making it difficult for him to make catches. I thought it was uh, a disappointing uh, showing and uh, maybe telling small sample size there. As I said, he'd not been in a great deal of team, but, um, you know, collectively in the context of this fuller um, wide receiver report, a little bit disconcerting. Racy McMath has dropped off a lot. Um, he was uh, has dropped the ball this week. Um, it's not making the big plays that become accustomed. I think he was on a similar track last camp, though. You know, he came out of LSU as a rookie, and um, you know, had not done a lot as a wide receiver in college came to the Titans as a, as a raw guy who was going to be looked to as a, as an early special teamer um, had done encouraging things early in this camp and early in this preseason. But I think he's leveled off a great deal. And Vrabel had talked um, at one point this week about the need for him to go up and attack the ball and not underhand it. I think um, sometimes he, he, looks to put his hands underneath even a high pass that maybe he should have his hands, uh, his thumbs down instead of his thumbs up. Um, but his, his consistency has, uh, has dropped off. This is not to deliver some um, horror story about the receivers. I don't think this is overall a surprise though. The receivers had been better as a group for a long stretch than we expected. Um, I think they are uh, probably what we expected in totality. Now I'm not mentioning Des Fitzpatrick. I think Des Fitzpatrick's been very pedestrian. Um, uh, you know, if they're keeping a sixth, he's certainly a candidate. I, I would keep him ahead of um, Roberson. I would keep him ahead of Hollister. I would keep him ahead of Kinsey, I think. Uh, but none of those guys are very exciting to me. I would only keep five, and then I would look for um, I would look for somebody else on the outside. But this would keep a um, a spot open for a third quarterback or extra running back or safety or something. 
um, I, I think the five, and there's a big line after the five. Um, I mentioned Phillips on special teams, and he's obviously been very good returning punts so far. Uh, he was catching punts from Ryan Stonehouse earlier this week, uh, Wednesday, and had trouble with those. He dropped two and bobbled a third. Did not look particularly comfortable with those. Um, talked afterwards about catching the boomers from Stonehouse. Stonehouse, an interesting choice here between Stonehouse and Kern. Do you want to be a year too early or potentially a year too late? You know, are they going to get a big-legged guy like Stonehouse next year? Kern's contract's up. I imagine that'll be it for him. Um, I think it's tempting. Stonehouse has been holding for Randy Bullock, which is part of the punter job, and he's done a good job at that. In the game, obviously, if if you're deep in your own end, Stonehouse can bail you out. You know, he could hit it 68 yards like he did, um, like he did against the Bucks. Now, is he going to get the ball to check up when he's uh, working with the shorter field and you're looking to gain 40 yards of field position? Um, you know, he he didn't have that. He had one ball bounce backwards and he had another ball bounce into the end zone. Um, so you're making a trade off there, you know, as he works to develop that skill to get the ball to check up when he's bouncing it inside the 10-yard line. He's obviously not as good at, as Kern at that but he's obviously a lot better than Kern in terms of booming the ball from uh, deep w when the Titans are in their own territory. So there are trade-offs to be made there. Um, I'm wondering, you know, what the Titans feel about that. And uh, I would watch Stonehouse and see if he could get anything to check up given his chances on uh, in preseason game number three. So watch for that. Let's see if Phillips can continue to field the ball cleanly as well. Let's look at the safeties. There's been a lot of churn with the safeties, the depth chart, the back-end safeties. You've got new guys, new guys, new guys, um, including two trades. They traded for Tyree Gillis, uh, Gillespie. Um, and they claimed Lonnie Johnson off of waivers. And they traded for Ugo Amadi, um, a local kid from Nashville. So you've got those three guys plus um, Josh Kalou plus Adrian Colbert. Those are the back end safeties after, you know, A.J. Moore is listed as a primary backup. Theo Jackson is listed as a primary backup. Theo Jackson hadn't been around for a while. Kevin Byard indicated he'd been in the protocol, Jackson. Uh, I believe that protocol to be the concussion protocol. There's not really a COVID protocol anymore. You just get sent home for five days. So I think Theo Jackson had a concussion. Rabel's talked about AJ Moore being unavailable um, and, uh, and them really looking for um, safety depth and the uh, things they could get out, out of uh, this group. They've given themselves some options, obviously, um, and, you know, I think there's some, some, some decent options here. I mean, Lonnie Johnson played quite well, um, in that, in that first game, um, in his first game, which was in, in short order, um, of Ugo Amadi, he said, you know, you get, um, 
you kind of get in a pinch here when guys start going down. He's played in there. He's got good experience. There's some physicality that shows up. He triggers in the run game. He's blitzed. So those are things that as teams start to trend more towards 11 personnel and playing with three ride receivers on the field, we have to make sure that we have enough of those guys that have played in there. And they certainly have. Um, in the history of being here, talking more broadly, we've had some guys who maybe didn't stick somewhere else that came in here and found a role on our football team for whatever reason. We'll give them every opportunity. We don't care how they get here. We just focus on what they do when they are here. We'll coach them up, see who improves in our system, what contributions they can make, and help them to find a role for themselves on the team. It strikes me that the Titans have done a whole bunch with those back-end safeties, but they've really done nothing in terms of coverage inside linebacker depth. And they have really, if you think about it, one good coverage linebacker in David Long, who starts with Zach Cunningham. And after that, Monty Rice, who just got put on PUP for the start of the season, which means he's out for at least the first four games, maybe longer. We know he's coming back from an Achilles injury. They don't have other good coverage backers in the depth there. Uh, Chance Campbell um, and Jack Gibbons, the two rookies, one drafted, one undrafted, have been impressive, smart guys, but they're both more run guys. Campbell's been better in coverage than I anticipated, but he doesn't have great speed, and I wouldn't want him to be in coverage against any, any, uh, any real threats that the Titans are going to see Dylan Cole is uh, I don't think a coverage guy, Joe Jones, maybe uh, he had an interception um, last week. It might've been um, might've been against the Bucks. might've been against the Titans. Um, but I don't see a lot of coverage options in this group, which suggests to me, you know, a lot of dime when you're talking about all these safety options, um, but I think the Titans, uh, you know, if they got beyond long in terms of needing an inside coverage linebacker would certainly head towards um, an extra defensive back there as opposed to a um, going deeper on the inside linebackers. Malik Willis, uh, we need to talk about vying for the number two quarterback job. I really don't have a feeling for what they're going to do there. I, I do see the prevailing wisdom that if you're going to have to play a second quarterback in relief of Ryan Tannehill, he's got a higher ceiling um, certainly than Logan Woodside, though he's very, very limited, very, very limited, very inaccurate. He's climbing the pocket slightly better. Um, Vrabel said, you know, some of these movements that he's making, um, may force errant throws that he's sailing some stuff. He's throwing low. Um, his accuracy is, is not good. He sounded and he's been really good, good head on his shoulders. I wrote coming out of the last game that what he said about kind of recognizing his deficiencies and where he needs to grow was better than what he did in the game against the Bucks. But he was a little bit defensive on Thursday when he was talking about how the media's results driven. Yeah, Malik, it's the NFL. We're going to look at uh, at results. 
um, and and after one more game, it's going to be uh, one more preseason game where the results don't matter. It's going to be all about results. Um, Mike Herndon, a new columnist at, uh, at paulkuherski.com, did a really good piece uh, earlier this week, which you should uh, go read about a kind of a developmental check-in on Malik Willis through two games. Um, and uh, one of the most interesting things about that, which you need to get in there and read more detail about is how his heat map, where he likes to throw the ball, where he threw the ball at Liberty is kind of opposite Ryan Tannehill's heat map and where he and the Titans offense throw the ball. This is a reason you should be a member of paulkuharski.com, which costs you $5.99 a month, the price of a cocktail or a cup of coffee. Um, and for that, you get everything I write. You get uh, Mike's columns. You get Blake Bettingfield's preview and review pieces off regular season games, review uh, columns off of preseason games. He was a 19-year scout for the Titans. Um, you get a private Facebook page where all the membership uh, chit-chat and uh, I chime in there. Um, it's really a value, the most unique coverage of the team. Um, and you're making a mistake. If uh, if you feel like to be a full Titans fan, you've got to have the jersey of your favorite player and you've got to have, uh, you know, just the right seats at the game and you've got to have, uh, you know, your beer placed just right on the on the coffee table next to you for an away game. Well, you've also got to have a membership to paulkuherski.com. So, um Go to the website. Uh, there's a membership button if you're on your desktop or if you're on your phone or iPad, look for the three dash box and hit that and the membership option will come up for you. Derek Henry, uh, who rarely goes through a full practice in the preseason, um, practiced on Wednesday and really practiced on Thursday, uh, was in pads all the way through Thursday's practice, knocking some of his offensive teammates backwards. Um, which uh, doesn't sound like a good thing, but was probably a good sign. And um, Mike Vrabel said that Tory Carter, the fullback's got to get going so that he doesn't um, lead to a, a backup on 440. 440 is uh, a highway that uh, isn't quite a full loop around Nashville, but goes maybe uh, more than halfway around Nashville, around the uh, north side of Nashville, which had a long-term construction project going on it. So Carter needs to get out faster to lead Henry. So Henry doesn't come up Carter's back. Um, and some other guys need to, to get out of the way as well to make room for Derrick Henry who looked good running um, in, in practice where uh, they didn't hesitate to hand it off to him. Um, and that of course was Ryan Tannehill turning and handing it to uh, his best friend. So. Um, that's a good sign. And he'll be in, um, he'll be active in practice uh, next week. I think there'll be four practices probably uh, as they shift to a bit of a regular season schedule training camp effectively ended on, um, on Thursday. They won't practice on, on uh, Friday. or won't have an official practice the day before um a preseason game. Then they'll be back Monday. I expect they'll go Monday through Thursday. Then they've got some mandated time off. Cuts are coming on Tuesday. 
um, where they'll get this roster down to 53. Um, and I think we'll have some interesting things and then maybe uh, a couple of waiver claims that would lead to more of an adjustment. Biggest questions, Logan Woodside, I think these uh, backup safeties that we've talked about, um, receiver, are they going to keep more than five to start off with? Um, offensive line depth, which isn't very good. I think they need to stock people there um, off of waivers or from around the league. Um, you know, um, they could do better at coverage inside linebacker, like we talked about. Places that they're in really nice shape uh, in terms of depth. I wrote about Rashad Weaver. Um, today, a piece you should go read. Uh, he's a guy uh, who I think has really shined through camp and through two games, who's going to have trouble getting on the field defensively because Harold Landry and Bud Dupree don't come off the field. Um, and Ola Adeni is another uh, productive backup at that spot who's made the most of his chances to rush the passer. I think Rashad Weaver is going to have to settle for uh, very few snaps as a defender and uh, uh, make a name for himself on special teams, but he's going to have trouble getting on the field despite the fact that he's been quite good um, and provided that um, that Landry and Dupree remain healthy. You know, Danico Autry is a, effectively an outside linebacker once they get to nickel. Um, so they've already got three on the field. Autry, by the way, um, has had the most limited training camp of any key player, not practicing with any regularity. And I saw him Wednesday with a heavily taped right wrist working one-on-one uh, -on -one with the coach, getting some work in. So he's a bit of a mystery. I would imagine he's ready for the season, given that he's out there doing that taped up. Um, but he's a guy to to keep an eye on. Right tackle, obviously a big question. Left guard seems to be Aaron Brewers. Jamarco Jones is out. Hurt never mounted a challenge for that position the way that he was expected to, the way he was supposed to. Right tackle has been a competition, but it looked like, based on what happened on Monday, that Dylan Radens has been moved out of there and that it's Nicholas petit Frere's job to to lose now Raidens came out of a not good game against the bucks and played guard on monday uh, rabel said they were just shuffling people to be ready but a lot of us felt like that marked the end of Raidens as a right tackle candidate now he was back playing some backup tackle um by thursday um rabel talked about how at the top of the pocket He's got to decide whether to come back under or keep running the edge, and he's getting better at making that decision. But people are spinning and coming back under against him sometimes. He's got to be maybe more decisive at what he does there. I I think um, I don't think he's gotten substantially better. I think Petit Frere has more upside, um, and I, I think pass protection is the issue. I think Lawan is going to have to – look, it's going to be more too tight, so there'll be potential for both tackles to get more help. But Lawan is going to have to survive at left tackle in pass protection 
uh, on an island more often, get back to the guy he was before the ACL injury. And uh, two years after that repair, he should be a lot better. The way Jack Conklin was a lot better two years after, which was his first year in Cleveland. And uh, Petit Frere should get should get help over there from Austin Hooper and Chig Aquanu. Um, and Raidens could be the swing offensive lineman if it pans out like that. You know, you've got a concern now at right guard where Nate Davis has been absent for a little while now. Jamarco Jones has been out, so he's not been an option there. Jordan Roos, the third stringer, has been playing at right guard. Um between Ben Jones and Petit Frere. So uh, that's a bit of a concern right now. These guys like Nate Davis um, and others who've been out injured, you know, we don't have a status report on and we won't get an injury report until the Wednesday before the September 11th season opener. So we don't know what their status is. Jamarco Jones, people like that who've been out um and uh, you know we don't know if any of them are a long-term uh issue or not even trailing burks i think you, you can put there uh for right now at at any rate um so we have to wait and see on some of those guys elijah molden um back out again this week i don't know if that's a setback with whatever he had initially or if he's got something something new uh deshaun hand the defensive end um is in that category right now um caleb farley's one other guy i wanted to talk about i think he's shown good self-awareness but he's been very up and down he's had very good days and he's had some iffy days i think he kind of can catch himself on a bad day and kind of identify what he's done poorly and, and work to fix it the next day, but you'd like for him to be able to fix it from one snap to the next, uh, one period to the next, uh, one series to the next, a little too inconsistent. He's a bigger, lankier guy who's had a hard time with some of the smaller receivers that the Bucks and the Cardinals have brought to town. They both have uh, both those teams have a lot of little guys. He's been going against primarily big guys for the Titans. He's not lined up in the slot, which is where Kyle Phillips and Mason Kinsey, the Titans' smaller guys, are. So he's been lining up against guys with good size. You know, uh, Robert Woods isn't a giant, but he plays big. Nick Westbrook Aquina has got good size. Traylon Burks has good size. Um, even Des Fitzpatrick. Uh, Cody Hollister, not bad sized guys. Um, so that's one thing to watch with Farley. If I'm attacking Caleb Farley as, as an offense, um, I would, I would try to get a little guy, uh, against him. And I'm not sure. I mean, I think McCreary is, is winning that job if you had to pick one, but I'm not sure the Titans are just going to name a second outside cornerback as a starter and then you know if it's roger mccreary that that farley is then the odd man out i think they could go week to week based on matchups i think that they could could go week to week based on who has a better practice week i think there could be some flexibility there on the unofficial depth chart 
they are slash Caleb Farley slash Roger McCreary. So still some determinations to be made there. Um, and if, if Molden's out of the picture, you know, I think it's very much um, Christian Fulton is clearly the number one. I think you could then see McCreary start outside and then a nickel McCreary kick inside and Caleb Farley be the, the other outside guy. Um, and I think you could see that even with, uh, with Molden back. Molden certainly is slower than McCreary. Um, and so again, that could be a matchup situation. You know, what kind of coverage are they going to play? How much hope would Molden have behind him? How much speed do they feel like they need? They talked about being more vertical in the slot. McCreary uh, is is faster than Molden. Um, they talked about being more vertical in the slot when they moved on from Logan Ryan. And then, you know, a year later, they drafted Molden, who, you know, is Ryan-esque in, in a lot of ways, better mover horizontally than vertically. Uh, McCreary's got some, some vertical to him for sure. One last thing I wanted to point out, this team has worked a ton, a ton, a ton in the red zone um, every day virtually at practice. They are spending time in the red zone. They did a lot previously. Maybe it's the same. It feels like more. Um, and so I would have high expectations for the touchdown rate in the red zone, which is one of the things that they've been pretty good at, generally speaking. Um, so Randy Bullock, uh, uh, I think you should hope, would be kicking long field goals, but not too many short field goals because this team should be getting in the end zone based on the work it's doing. They need that protection to hold up. So that offensive line is a concern. But those tight ends, um, Hooper and Chig, and Kyle Phillips and Westbrook Aquina, these guys work well in the short area red zone stuff. And uh, I think it should be a strength for the Titans offense. I would hope it would be a strength. If it's not a strength, it's certainly not because the Titans have not put in the work for it. They certainly, uh, they certainly have put in the work consistently 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 every day down there working the red zone they work the high red zone you know with the ball spotted at the 18 yard line they work it from the six they work it from the two um they spend a lot of time down there um and i think i'd expect it to translate to uh to good success down there and that's without you know a lot of featuring of of derrick henry I think another guy that'd be a factor down there is Dontrell Hilliard, who probably hasn't been talked about enough, but I think gives them kind of a, a receiving option out of the backfield that, uh, you know, they were looking for when they drafted Darrington Evans in the, in the third round a couple of years ago, who completely busted. But Hilliard, I, I think, uh, you know, it's unquestionably the third down back and uh, will be able to do some damage for them. Um, between the twenties and uh, and maybe in the red zone as well, where I've seen him make some plays for them um, in the last week or ten days. Um, so I hope I've given you a good sense of some of the major topics that uh, that we're tracking. I'll be back again next week. Again, I appreciate your feedback on the podcast. 
uh, and everything else that's going on at paulkowarski.com. Please come join the site if you're not already a member. For those of you who are, I appreciate your loyalty and uh, hope to continue to provide you with content that uh, takes you beyond what you're getting from everywhere else. So uh, until I see you again, don't block the box and do lock the locks. This is Paul Kuharski for the Paul Kuharski Podcast. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.